This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to the Lions 24-7 podcast. I'm Sean Fitz. Tyler is on new dad duty today. So we don't have him. We do have another guest coming in-house, as you can see, coming to your screen if you're on YouTube. Brian Doan, 24-7 Sports National Recruiting Analyst. We always enjoy having him on here. I know you guys really enjoy having him on here. Doan, let's get ready for another, as we like to call it, Doanversation. Actually, nobody (laughs) likes to call it that. I just That was running through my head today, and if I didn't say it, it was going to be a problem. But thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks. I mean, there is nothing I enjoy more than coming off vacation and getting to spend some time talking to you. Now, the good thing is I also get to talk Penn State recruiting, so that offsets talking to you. But, you know, I'm happy to be here in the morning. That is the line that we walk every time that we pick up the phone and call one another. Um, you did it about five times last week during your vacation, so we appreciate that. Um, we're going to see plenty of you on the site this week as it is Michigan week. Even though it's a noon kick with Penn State and Michigan, still should be a, a, a fairly well-attended event uh, for Penn State prospects um, right now. No official visitors. That could change, um, but you, you expect this one to be you know, the 2023s, the 2024s, the, the underclassmen, some of those guys that didn't make it to the first whiteout or helmet stripe out or whatever we're calling this these days, um, should be back this weekend. But uh, we'll get into that a little bit later this week. Doan, we're bringing you on to talk a little bit about 2022 Penn State commits. We did that last week with some early enrollees, but senior seasons are wrapping up. They're getting into playoffs. Um, it's a it's a very active time for these guys, and and it's a time when we get we go back and we take a look at the uh, uh, the ratings for these guys where they fit uh, amongst their peers. I know you're in the weekly conversations with the twenty four seven sports uh, recruiting team talking about things, but uh, some of these guys have really taken it to the next level uh, this this season. Yeah, they have, and I mean the, the two that jump out to you, or at least to me, right away, is the quarterback Drew Alar and the running back Nicholas Singleton, and, and you would expect them to jump out based on where they're ranked and and you know just kind of who they were as recruits and what they did in, as juniors, and then you turn around and you look and see what they did as seniors, and I think for me the starting points Drew Alar, and is that for a few reasons. First of all, the kids putting up you know great numbers had a great game last, you know, over the weekend. Um, but more than that, it, it's more about the growth that he has really shown as a junior and then coming into his senior year. And, and Fitz, you and I have spoken about it, I don't know, once or 7,000 times about the need, you know, for that quarterback to come in there who can be that stud guy. And when you look at teams that across the country, you know, whether it's Bama or Georgia or Ohio State, um, the discussion is often, and, and Clemson, we need to put them in there. The discussion is often about quarterback, and those programs often have, you know, stud quarterbacks who turn out to be first-round draft picks. And, and listen, nobody knows how Drew Allar is going to do in college. It's, it's projection. So I don't want to put that kind of pressure and say he's the, you know, oh, he's definitely going to do this. But, you know, when Penn State got Christian Valu, he, he was the kind of quarterback that threw the ball down the field a lot more, took some chances, 
Um, and, and he was a different kind of quarterback that, you know, Kirk Sharaka kind of wanted. And now you look at Drew Allar and what he's done. And and I know Christian Ballou is still in the system and learning, but, but Drew Allar is kind of that elite level talent that you would expect a playoff contending team to get. Now, everything else has to fall into place when he gets to campus as far as make sure the offensive line can protect, improve your running game, make sure you're still really good on defense. But to me, and I love Sean Clifford, and you know I, I, I love him uh, and the way he plays and, and the way he runs that offense. I mean, if Sean Clifford's healthy throughout the process, I, I think, as we talked before, the, the rankings – for the college football playoff may look a lot differently. I don't want to bring up the bad thoughts for Penn State in that regard. But I look at Drew Alar and I'm like, this kid can be that level quarterback. And then now it's the job of the staff to surround him with the talent. And, and I think they will. And also continue to develop that talent and develop him. But so for me, that's the starting point. And you look at what he's done senior year. He can get out on a move and throw. He can throw from in the pocket. He has the arm strength for tight windows. He has the confidence for tight windows. He can throw the short, intermediate, and long ball. He can pick up some yardage with his feet, although, listen, I don't want to see that a lot when he's at Penn State because you don't want him to get hit a lot, um, especially in a physical Big Ten. But he, he has so many attributes that you want. And, look, a lot of the quarterbacks have them, but we're summer at this level – his attributes are up here. That's about as high as I can go, right? They're out of screen. So that's what I look at. So when I'm looking at Drew Alar, that's my starting point for this class, for who's doing well as seniors, and for my lofty expectations of Penn State moving forward. Yeah, I mean, you you look at those playoff teams that weren't always, you know, at the upper echelon of college football. You think of what Dabo did. He got Taj Boyd, and it took them to the next level. I mean, this yeah. is – this is kind of what you're looking at. This is what you're hoping for if you're if you're Penn State. They have not recruited that position uh, at that level or close to that level. Um, so I, I'm looking at at Drew Alar and, and even Bo Prabula is is a great. I think he's a very good prospect. Um, but just too. that top level guy that can take you take you to just to another place. Um, with, and, and, with and I was gonna say, and and with that, you know, the the positions change so much. You see it in the NFL. And what you see in the NFL is a byproduct of what you see in college. You know, college was running a lot more spread before the NFL was and stuff like that. And I bring that up from the standpoint of now, Fitz, I don't know, maybe you're old enough to. I remember this like nothing. Like when an NFL team drafted a quarterback, he sat for a couple of years to learn the system. Now they come in as rookies ready to go. And a lot's the same with the high school stuff, too. No longer is it, hey, this kid's got a red shirt. I mean, the elite, elite guys are coming into play as true freshmen. And so that's what makes the Ohio State thing interesting with C.J. Stroud, Kyle McCord, and Quinn Ewers all there. These guys are coming in, and, and they want to play right away. And so for Drew Alar, listen, you never know how it's going to shake out in training camp spring practice, whatever. I mean, he's going to be away from home for the first time, all that stuff. But he understands enough of defenses and, and how to get through progressions and do his, you know, get through reads, throws a great ball. That The expectation level, at least for me, is he will come in and have a chance to start from day one for Penn State. And like I said, have a chance because there's so many variables that go with it. And, and I think that bodes well for Penn State in 2023 right 2022 you're getting the, you're learning everything imagine him once he's comfortable and everything in 23 that, that that's how i look at it 
Yeah, a bunch of variables there. Does Clifford come back for that sixth year? Um, both right. Bo Prabula and Drew Alar coming in in January. I tell you what I love about these guys. Both of them, not like lifelong quarterbacks, if that makes sense. I mean, you and yeah, I, yeah. You, we get the, the notifications all the time when we get a 2029 quarterback that's going to follow <laughs> us on Twitter or something like that. And we're just like, well, this is probably yeah. the last time I'll ever see, hear this kid's name because it, <laughs> they, they burn out and that's the way that they go. They stop growing or whatever happens. Uh, I thought because um, you blocked them, but go ahead. <laughs> I don't block. I mute. It's very, oh, okay. very, it's coming very handy the last couple of Saturdays. Um, but no, it, it's really uh, a situation where these guys are, are raised and, and, and bred as quarterbacks. And sometimes those guys slip through and have successful careers, but most time they don't. And that's kind of what I love about both of these guys is, is, you know, Drew Lahr, a year ago, this uh, or a year ago, we we never heard of the guy. Like it, yeah. it, it's pretty unbelievable his rise, and I know COVID had a lot yeah. to do with that, and his uh, you know his his visibility and things like that, not having camps. But um, I like that. I like that he's got a you know he's as good as he is right now. I still think he's got a, a ways to go. Yeah, I agree with that because I think also with him, when you look at Prabula, who listen, it's been said too many times already, but the best Penn State quarterback in the last ten to fifteen years was a kid everybody, including myself, thought should play safety in college. And Trace McSorley was, the first few times I scouted him back in the day, he, he it was as a safety at seven on sevens. And there is something for that mentality and that toughness that I, I do like. Um, and to me, it, it kind of fits who Penn State is. I mean, Penn State for, for the speed and everything else, I mean, you know, I grew up Penn State was a blue collar football team. And, and that's kind of like how I, I want the quarterback mentality to be there. And just because you're wildly talented, like Drew Alar and Bro Prabula, Bro Prabula, who could probably start as a safety by year two if he wanted to at Penn State. Um, that's kind of how I want my quarterback at Penn State. I, I want him to be a tough blue collar guy. And, and they can be wildly talented, but you can also be blue collar like you, Fitz. Just like me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that, that's a funny thing because you look at, at Bo Prabula, who is as prolific as any quarterback in Pennsylvania in the last decade or so. I mean, there's been yeah. some some pretty good ones that have come through. Um, but you sit there and you see Drew Alar, Drew Alar, Drew Alar. And, and, and what are you thinking if you're Bo Prabula, who's going out, going seemingly on yeah. another run into the state playoffs and the largest classification in state? I know a lot of in-state fans pull for the in-state guy that's just kind of how it is and that's not just a penn state thing that's everywhere um but 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 he continues to get better he continues to get more accurate he's never going to have the arm that drew Alar has but you know arm strength sometimes can be a little bit overinflated. and we you know how many times do you need to throw the ball 70 yards in the air that's the thing so what, yeah. what are you looking at with Bo Prabula here as a senior? Um, just putting up crazy numbers as usual. They got a win over Anthony Ivey um, in the first round of playoffs this uh, uh, this past weekend. I mean, the kid's really good. He is. And and I think one thing that people have to realize is, you know, and, and I go back to the Ohio State thing with the three quarterbacks they have there. Bo Prabula is not sitting there going, geez, I, I – wonder what I should do. I have no chance to beat out Drew Alar. This is terrible. Jeez, what should no Pooper Bullis like, hey, I'm gonna go there and win the job myself. So and yeah, you keep an eye on him. And the reason I speak about Alar a little bit more or a lot more is because of the arm strength and the size and all that other stuff. But Bo Prabula was a pretty highly recruited kid in his own right. Um and, and I think you know, where he's from, where he lives, 
kind of made sense for him. He was always going to go to Penn State, and he's fine with that. And and if I look in that quarterback room, you're always one play away from playing. And whether I'm Drew Alar or Bo Prabula, I'm looking in that quarterback room and going, listen, if I don't win the job as a true freshman, I still have a really good chance to play quickly because, you know, we know what's in the quarterback room. Yes. Um, and so, you know, yeah, he's putting up great numbers. He's playing in an offense that uh, is really friendly to the quarterback, likes to throw it. Uh, you know, he's, you know, Coach Janchuk is a guy who has been other places and, and had a lot of success in high school football. And, yeah, he may not have the arm strength that Drew Alar has. And Fitz, you and I stood at Elite 11 and watched both throw a lot one day um, back in the spring. But there's a lot of other things that come into it. And, and I do feel like he's got really good leadership skills. And he is a guy that you can also put in a few packages for if you want to throw some wrinkles in there. I'm never a big fan of that because when you have more than one quarterback, you usually have none. But I could also see where they could use him in, in a couple different ways. And if it doesn't work out, like I said, man, that, that kid could play safety at a really high level. Um, there, there's a lot to like with him. It's just that you're dazzled by Drew Alar. But it doesn't mean that Bo Prabula is not a good quarterback. That's fair. And, and what I like about Prabula, and we, you mentioned that Elite 11, we went to that that thing and, and we came out thinking, is anybody here even, you know, a four-star or close to four-star status? There were a lot of guys there that ended up at, you know, big power five programs. The thing of the thing that was different from Bo Prabula about Steve Jelly going to Notre Dame, Braden Davis going to South Carolina, those guys didn't throw the ball Any, great anyway. But I was gonna say Donovan Leary going to Illinois. Donovan Leary, which we continue to, <laughs> to you know, the Leary brothers. We just, I think we just continue to underestimate those guys because they're doing really well. Um, but yeah. like you look at what Bo Prabula is able to do from an athletic standpoint, and Braden Davis doesn't have that, and Steve Angeli doesn't have that. So you've got that in the back of your mind. You've got Trace McSorley in the back of your mind. You remember Trace McSorley came into a class with Michael O'Connor, a six foot yes. four and a half. Um, you know, pro style statue guy. That was, that was like one of the first Canadians for Penn State during this yep. run, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And he was here for about a year. And and Trace McSorley, in a couple of weeks, within a couple of weeks of practice, <laughs> had really established himself as the number two guy behind Hackenberg and just ran with it. You could see something like that for for Bo Prabula yeah. just because of the way that he plays the game. Well, and, and, you know, and you and I had spoken about it a lot, and, and I'm pretty honest about the Elite 11 thing, and it's great. You can see really? kids throw. But the, <laughs> the 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 reason I do not go crazy over Elite 11 stuff is two reasons. You get a guy like Bo Prabula who it only showcases part of his game. What makes him so effective is his ability to create when a play breaks down or his ability to run or extend plays. You do not get that at Elite 11. The other thing is, and you know, I don't know how else to put it, there are quarterbacks who spend their training sessions all offseason doing all the Elite 11 drills. So when they get to the Elite 11, they've been doing these drills for two years, whereas somebody like Bo Prabula isn't, right? So he doesn't sit there and go, okay, training session today, this is what they're going to work out at 11, this is what I need to do. He just goes out and does his normal work. And so I try not to put too much stock in that stuff, but I also understand it can show off some accuracy, footwork, arm strength, all that other stuff. But to me, the end-all be-all is what a kid does 
on Friday nights or Saturdays or whenever they play with the pads on. And going back to what you said, when you look at what he can do athletically from a leadership standpoint, look, you don't you don't put up great numbers like that with your offense unless you have really good leadership skills and that offense trusts you and that coach trusts you. And he performs at a really high level. And I think what last year they made it to the state championship game where is incredible for them. And and I think when you're talking about the top classification, it's always going to be a tough matchup when they get to that level. But mm-hmm. he's the one who took them there. And and so, yeah, if if you told me in two years that Bo Prabula was the starting quarterback, my first reaction would be like, man, did Drew Alar get hurt? But my second reaction would be like, yeah, I'm sure Penn State's in good hands because he's a good quarterback. Yep. And we have him as a high three star in 24 seven sports. I happen to agree with that. You know, we've seen that the physical capabilities are, are a bit limited, but still he's a really good football player. He's been productive and he got into that offense. As you talked about, he was running the ball um, a bunch as a sophomore and then they changed that offense and he was able to, to get a little bit more accurate and throw the ball around. Yeah. yeah and the other thing is, you know, you got to remember high three stars are still really good players. Really I mean, good. Yeah. People are like, Low Oh, he's only star. a three star. <laughs> Uh, yeah, stars are still listen, really good. I mean, if you're going, if you're going to play Division One football, you're really good, yeah. or you're really big, and somebody's taking a chance on you. Um, so you know, it, it's all it's all um, relative. But yeah, I mean, a high three star kid is a kid that personally, what I'm ranking is like, look at if this kid made his way to the NFL, I would not be surprised. You yeah. know, if you're yeah, ranked we, where Bo is, we we tend to forget these things because we cover yeah. high level. Uh, power five prospects and you see how big yeah. these guys are i put my high school team on youtube a couple of weeks ago and i'm thinking oh my this kid is, is a 190 pound offensive lineman i mean that's kind of what we're looking at here so um it, it, you just forget <laughs> I, these I, things you forget these things I, when, you, when you cover so many good prospects i i have to tell you so back in the day when i covered ucla i went up to washington state for you know they played at washington state and so Friday night, you're up there, you're in Pullman, Washington. So what are you going to do? Well, you're going to go watch Pullman High School play. I've never seen it before. I don't think I'll ever see it again. The starting safety was 6'1", 185 pounds. That's what he was listening to the program. 6'1", 185, starting safety. He was the free safety, not not the strong in the box guy. Yeah he, was also the, yeah, he was also the starting center. <laughs> That's amazing. I'm sure the 61185 checked out as well as it usually does on those programs. Um, <laughs> moving along, uh, staying in Pennsylvania, though, um, one guy that we talked about when he committed, um, we, we were wondering how good he was as a running back, uh, Nicholas Singleton. Um, now he is 24 seven sports top running back in the country. I, I don't wonder that anymore. <laughs> I, it, it, he, he's done some nice things and, I, and I've kind of eaten some crow on that one. I, I, I thought he was should probably should have been ranked lower. I, I don't value running backs as much as some other people do, but at the same time, you know, he's number 55 in the composite and he's in five-star territory in 24 seven sports. So, uh, he's really, really taken it to another level this year. And and some of the things are very noticeable on film. Some of the things are nuanced, uh, you know, but uh, as a running back, they're, they're not getting much better than Nick Singleton in, in the high school ranks these days. No. And, and a couple of things of what you mentioned, I, I, you know, he's right in that range for five-star. I, I expect him to finish the cycle as a five-star. If you look at 24 seven, what we do is the top 32 are five stars, right. You know, signifying the NFL draft. So so, our, 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 uh, by the way, our, our readers, listeners, not going to hold you to that at all. Now that you've said that, by the way, good job. He does also help Penn State beat Ohio State, so we have that too. Wow. Um, <laughs> You're still not the bingo card here, aren't you? <laughs> 
Um, so, so the way I, I look at running backs is a lot like you. You, you, can find, you can go all over the country and find really good running backs. There's one or two a cycle. Last year was Travion Henderson, who's at Ohio State now. Right. This year, it's Nicholas Singleton, who seemed to separate themselves from everybody else. And so when you look at the analytics of everything, and it, it's still ridiculous where the Giants took Saquon Barkley just in terms of evaluation pick. He's first round pick, number two. Okay. So there's going to be a running back who will go mid to late round, first you know, mid to late first round in the draft, you know, somewhere between 15, 18 to 30, 32. And I think Nicholas Singleton falls into that range, which is why you, you know, we rate him where he is. Now, he's also one of those guys that is so special from what you see on film. And you got to remember, Fitz, this is a kid. Remember when he got invited to the opening as like a freshman and his testing Mm -hmm. numbers were just ungodly. And I I remember calling him and, you know, it'd be a lot like trying to interview my 13-year-old right now. He really didn't have much to say and didn't understand what was going on. So it's fun to see how far he's come from a comfort level and doing interviews and talking and just being out there in the public more. But he is a difference maker. And I had heard from a lot of coaches across the country about, you know, they they wanted to know where he was going to go because they didn't want to have to face him. <laughs> so yeah. that tells you right there about how good he is. And he, you know, there's very few running backs that can turn negative two into plus seven. And I think he can do that. And I think when you go back and you look at the running game of what Barkley did at Penn State when he, you know, when he was so good, I, I think it's really a good running back really can overcome some shortcomings of an offensive line. I think that's the the best way I can put it. And I think Nicholas Singleton's that guy. And then once he gets moving, I, I imagine it would be a lot like watching you and I try to tackle him in space at our current ages. And my first thought process would be like a lot of the high school defensive backs is like, just run past me. I'm okay with that. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't want to, wouldn't want to tackle yeah. him at 37. I, I definitely wouldn't have tackled him at 17. So, um, but no. yeah, I mean, he, he's a guy that you look at what Penn State has right now, and we we thought they had good running backs, and there's nothing there right now. And you mentioned, you know, he, you can overcome some shortcomings. I'm sure that's going to come pop, pop back up because Penn State's offensive line and the run game has been uh, atrocious this year. Um, but noticed. he's a guy. He's a guy that can help you now. I mean, he's a guy. And this is the easy. This is the the dumb thing where you say he he can you know he could come in and play for you this week and why can't you enroll right. this week um but at the same time he's physically talented enough and strong enough that he could come in right away and seemingly crack that rotation well yeah and i and i think that's one of the things you look at is you know is he going to have to add body mass to really absorb the pounding of the big 10 and no it's there i mean he he is as put together as they come and he gained all that size and mass and didn't lose speed. He got faster. He got more agile. And he's a kid that I think is going to be very difficult to arm tackle in the Big Ten. I think he's a kid that can catch the ball out of the backfield. He has a willingness to pick up blitzes already. So it's not like he's some prima donna. I mean, he's he's a hardworking kid from a good family who wants to be close to home and play at Penn State. And he fits into everything you want 
your running back to be at, at Penn, in, in a physical Big Ten, you know, conference where, you know, you look at you, you go back and you look at Wisconsin or Michigan or even even Ohio State, right? And I get that some of these teams, you know, especially Ohio State, will spread you out. When you go back to the Urban Meyer days, they are at core a run between the tackles, physical offense. And that's what you have to be. And then Singleton also has the speed and agility to bounce plays outside and to get the edge. So why do we go on about a, a running back position where you can really devalue it because there's a lot of them there and the pounding? Because at the college level, he can be that good and that special. Like he, Saquon Barkley probably won a couple games for him just with his, you know, the one at Iowa comes to mind where he was unbelievable in that game. Um, and, and I think Singleton has a chance to be a guy that can take a game where Penn State may not be playing the best. And at the end of it, you say, ah, you know, if they don't have Singleton, I don't know if they win that game. Yeah. he. I mean, you look at what they have right now running back and there's some guys that can plot and get some yards, but you don't have Journey Brown to take it 80 yards. You don't have Saquon Barkley. You know, Miles Sanders was not a breakaway back, but he had the speed to do it. Um, you just, you're just looking across and you don't see that right now. And that's really, I think Singleton as a guy that, you know, as a program that hasn't played out and out freshman running backs to get him 20 carries or anything like that. Even Saquon had to assimilate to, to getting in there. Right. Um, you could still throw him in there a couple times a game and get his feet wet and get going. Well, and I, and I also think like, I know the, the breakaway runs are big and everybody likes the 70 yarders, but to me, the great running back makes a two yard gain, a seven yard gain. Right. Because all of a sudden, instead of being second and eight, you're in second and three. And boy, that changes the playbook and it changes your ability for play action. It just does so much. And, you know, or the negative two becomes plus two. So instead of second and 12, you're at second and eight. And I think for me, that has more value than just a flat out home run hitter, because when you have that ability, you then have the home run ability. You know, it makes it a little I don't want to say easier, but you have a chance to break the bigger runs even more. And then Singleton does have that extra gear to just finish the run. Um, you know, you you go back and you watch some of these running backs where, you know, go, even Saquon, forget the 40 or 50-yard runs or whatever. Go back and look at the times where it should have been a one-yard gain and it turned into an eight-yard gain. And just what that does to a defense and how it wears on you and the confidence it gives to an offense and all the different options. And and we have, you know, Trayvon Henderson's like that with Ohio State. He should, you know, we expect him to get to that level. And that's the level that we expect Singleton to get to when you start talking about where he's ranked. Yeah. And I know you're a big Katron Allen fan too at running back. So I do like Katron Allen a lot. I mean, that's a, that's a, I mean, imagine you got to tackle Nicholas Singleton, you know, 18 times a game running the ball and then, okay, listen, it's late third quarter. Let's, let's just go give it to our 230 pounds Katron Allen. And guys, here's your break from Singleton. Go tackle this guy. Yeah, it sounds like fun. Uh, you've seen some <laughs> other Penn State commits uh, this fall. Yeah, maybe moving a little bit down the commit list, and no disrespect when I say that, but guys that are a little bit lower ranked, a guy that jumps out to me in this class, and I keep seeing him pop up over and over again, is KJ Winston at DeMatha. Um, you saw him very early in the season. Yeah. Um, we, we've said this is this guy is a prime sleeper in the class, but he's now a four-star by 24-7 sports, so I don't know if, you, if he still has the sleeper category or not. But this is a guy, you look at what they've done at safety, 
safety, it's been down. And then this year it's been excellent with, with Jaquan Brisker and Jair Brown in there. And it seems like they may be turning the corner under Anthony Poindexter. I think this is a kid probably not going to play next year, but he gives you that athleticism. He gives you that size and that range back there. I think he's a tremendous prospect. Yeah, I think he's outstanding too. And, and you look at, you know, you mentioned Brisker who, I mean, Fitz, I'm sure you remember when he was in high school out in Western PA and how good he was. Mm-hmm. It's just he had to he had to take care of some great things. But uh, I look at I look at KJ Winston as a kid who you'd like him to redshirt because I want every freshman to redshirt. To be honest with you, just so they can you know get acclimated. But if if they have some depth issues, he's a smart kid. He's athletic. He's rangy. He runs well. Um, he's not afraid to go in and hit you. That if if you were playing, you know, Northwest A and M Tech, you know, I wouldn't mind if he played a little bit and got some experience in games like that. But I also think he's very similar body type to Brisker, and 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 you know, just in terms of the length and his ability to drive on the ball. And he's at Dematha. They didn't play much in the spring it was really easy for him to get lost in the recruiting shuffle. And I think Penn state did an awesome job of evaluating him off of very limited stuff in the spring. But I think a kid like him is really hurt by the fact of he couldn't go to camps. He couldn't get measured. The one camp he did go to, you know, when I say camps, I mean, team camps after, you know, after his sophomore year, the, mm-hmm. the, the camp that he got, does go to, he's running into, you know, gusts of wind in the 40. Um, and so his time wasn't what you want it to be, but yeah, he got the Penn state offer. And, and I don't mean it to be like that. He didn't get all the offers he wanted to, but this is a kid at the math at that program. You would have thought would be a 30 plus offer kid. If everything was how it used to be. And, when I saw him live, his size checked out and just the speed at which he played. And I went to the first game of the season or maybe it was the second game for them. I can't remember. It was so long ago, but I think he had like 14 tackles in the game. You know how hard it is for a safety in high school football to have that many tackles. And he was all over the place and his ball skills were tremendous. Like you say, he'll probably redshirt. And I don't know Penn state's safety depth. Obviously you, you, you have it you know, you're much better at that stuff, obviously, than I am. I would hope so, but, yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, if but if he played as a true freshman, I'd be like, yeah, I, I could see that because physically I, I think he could do it. You know, the mental aspect of picking up the coverages and not blowing coverages and the need to play him are, are different things. But, yeah, I mean, he he's – he's everybody always asks on the board, well, who's underranked? Well, I mean – since I'm involved with the rankings, it would be kind of crappy of me to say somebody's underranked. I would just push for them to get ranked higher. Right. But if we're talking about kids that don't get enough run, maybe on a message board or fans talking about him in the class, he's pretty high up there for me with Penn State. We're going to play What Is He Now with a couple of Penn State commits. Um, you're looking at some athletes, some guys that could project all over the place. We'll start in state. Makai Flowers, what is he? Safety. <laughs> All right. I can see that. Yeah. No, he, he, um, he and, 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 classification. Yep. Go ahead. And, and the reason I say safety is, um, you know, you look at his body type and, and he can hit, he can run, but you know, I, I look at some of the other Penn state receivers and, and I think, you know, he's got to work on his ball skills. And if he can do that, I'm not saying he can't play receiver, but listen, I grew up watching the New York giants play football 
when they were bad, when they were good, and now they're bad again. And so I'm really big into defense and, you know, I'll always look defense first for kids. And so for me, I just love a lot of the attributes he could bring to that position. Yeah. Ken Talley, what is he? I think he's a defensive end and and maybe a kid that you bulk up and move him inside if his frame can handle it. Uh, he's a thick kid in the lower body, you know, really big legs, strong at the point of attack when I watch him play. And I've seen him play for, for Philadelphia Northeast. Um, I, I just – I know there's some talk of can he play linebacker. I, I don't see it. I, I think he's a guy that, you know, in a traditional defense, you know, is a strong side kind of guy. Um, and if you can put more size on him, if his frame can withstand it, he's a kid that can move inside. And, and you'd love to see it as kind of like a three-tech where he can, um, you know, really explode up the field. We did that this, uh, you know, this recruiting cycle. We did it with him and Keon Wiley. We just flip flopped him because we thought Keon Wiley was an edge guy. Now all of a sudden he's a linebacker. We thought Ken Talley could possibly be a linebacker. Now he's a defensive lineman, potentially defensive tackle. I I agree with you. The first time I saw Ken Talley in person, I was I I did not think it was him. He's so he's naturally thick. Yeah, yeah. You know he he carries he carries his weight pretty well, but still he's a he's a big kid. Um, Abdul Carter, what is he? Well, that's a great question. Um, I am going with edge or defensive end um, only because I know how explosive he is. He runs really well. If, if, if he turned into an outside linebacker, that's fine. And, and I can see him playing there. But when I watch him play, and I've seen him play live, um, you just feel like – or I feel like the way he goes downhill and the way he can get to the quarterback, the way he can get around the edge – I think for me, um, I want that. I, the The premium is on guys that can get to the quarterback, right? I mean, yeah, there's linebackers and all that other stuff. I mean, if you you look at what the Cowboys did with Micah Parsons when they were short and they put him at D end and all of a sudden he can play there, that is a premium position. And when you're talking about Abdul Carter, who is, you know, 6'3", 6'4", a legit 235 to 240 who runs in the four fives, and he has the length and the athleticism and the strength to play on the edge, and you put him at 250 pounds, I don't, I don't know how you pass that up as a D coordinator because, to me, again, the premium is on getting to the quarterback, and I, I think he has that ability. And I don't think you'll get that as much if he's an outside linebacker. James Franklin watching St. Francis in person the other night, I'm sure getting Jay Sean Barham would make that one a lot easier of a decision uh, to eventually slide Abdul Carter down if that's what you choose to do. All right, interesting one for you. We talked about him briefly before we came on. Caleb Artis, what is he? Offensive lineman. I think at the end of the day, you know, even through the cycle, there was a lot of talk about whether schools would turn him into an offensive lineman. He went with Penn State. He, he thinks Penn State will give him a legitimate look at defensive line. And, and I think they will, too, because, again, you want to, you know, defensive linemen, a little more athletic and, and they're tougher to find. Um, but at the end of the day, when I watch him move, when I, you know, I, I don't see the crazy burst that maybe you'll see with some of the other players. But I, I like his frame, I like his length. He's already there size-wise we can play. And, and I think he's a kid that has the athleticism who can play guard, and I can see him pull and and kind of get in space and get to the second level. Um, 
I think he'll play with a low center of gravity. He, he does that in some of his reps right now playing with, with St. Francis in New York. Um, but I, I think I've always, you know, been leaning a little bit toward offensive line. And, and I still think that's the case from talking to a lot of people in New York City. Um, you know, and I know he's a Long Island St. Francis kid, but it's all kind of one and the same sometimes with those mixtures. I, I think for me, I think he's best as the offensive lineman. Omari Evans, what is he? Fast, man, legit fast. <laughs> uh, for me, he's a returner and he's a slot receiver. Um, you always want to get that kid into space. Like if he can catch a punt, I, I'd have him return punts too just because of the speed. But that's right. such a specialized craft. But as a kick returner, um, and I know Penn State fans don't expect Penn State to give up any touchdowns or points for him to return many kicks, but um, you know, kick returner and receiver. And I could see him as a guy who runs some, you know, he takes that four yard cross and all of a sudden it's 30 yards. Um, I, I think you put that speed outside once in a while, and all of a sudden the safety has to pay more attention to it because. Again, at that speed, you could just run by the corner. You know, he's a kid that's in the – I know some places timed him in the four threes. Okay, great. Even if he's in the four fours, that's still pretty special. And so, for me, I, I want that on on offense. And with his size, I, I think he fits better on offense. Yeah. To, to, to me, Penn State taking him where they're at with commits and that, that, that number in the class – you know, says that that speed can change some things for them. So I can see why, where that comes in. Final one here, Andre Roy, what is he? Really big, really raw, and really talented. Um, I think he's a left tackle. I think at the end of the day, because of his length and fits, you and I saw him, you know, again, down in Baltimore in the spring. And, and I think we both came away saying, man, we didn't realize he was that good. And I saw him play early in the season, and he, he didn't show as much as I wanted to, I think is the best way to put it. That's fair. But I also I also think he's raw, he's he's wildly athletic, he's just figuring out how good he can be and just figuring out that hey, I've arrived on the scene and so a lot of school a lot of opponents are gonna really try to attack me. And so it forces him to work hard and step up his game. And talking to Coach Masai at St. Francis, Andre has done that. But I just think, look, if he turns into a guard, that's fine. But I, I think he's a left tackle. He can play right tackle. I just think with that, he's got quick feet and he's got length. And, you know, as you know, that, that's, a, that's a pretty good starting point for a tackle. And so I think that's where he winds up staying. Yeah, I think it's one of the most interesting parts of this recruiting class because, as yeah. you said, we saw him in person and we're like, man, this kid, he can really, he can move. He's carrying 310, 320 pounds pretty well, um, but he's he's got no clue what he's doing. Absolutely no clue yeah. what he's doing. And I mean that in, in an endearing way for him, for his yeah, development. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what you, I mean, listen, the things we always talk about, you know, really good high school players and when we're trying to get them ranked is we're, we're looking at growth potential, right? And so you may have some kid who's, you know, 6'2". I'll give you an example that can hit home for everybody. Um, Blake Corum, the running back at Michigan, was always a really good player at St. Vincent Pilate then when he went to St. Francis. But the question was, is he maxed out physically? How much better can he get at Michigan? Well, 
as it appears, I, I, I was wrong. He got a lot better in Michigan, and, and, and he really showed that he can continue to develop his game, and he did that. And so that's the discussions you're having with kids. You know, where do they – are they close to being physically mature and, and tapped down on potential, or do they have a world of potential? So you take Andre Roy and you take Malik McNeil, and they are both kids that have a world of potential. Now the key – for Penn State and the offensive line coach, Phil Troutwine, is to turn the potential. How quick can you turn it into production? Because you don't want to sit there with Malik McNeil or Andre Roy and it's 2024 and they're like, okay, now we're ready to get on the field. Or 2025, now they're ready. You want to be able to turn that around quickly. So that's what you're weighing with guys like Roy. And, yeah, I think he's got a world of potential, and but he's got to get there. Yeah, no, I agree, and that, and that's the that's the line you walk with these guys, especially with the tackles, because their their coordination is behind, their development is behind, the size gets there, and it, it's so tough to turn them to a, to a refined product. That's why you don't see tackles play right away. Well, it's that, but it's it, and it's also like the technique that they you know there's guys that survive that just because they're long and athletic and can move their feet at the high school level, just because you know they're not refined technically but you don't have to be because they're not facing you know the the defensive end at michigan or or you know joey bosa or you know jason awe or whatever i mean when you you know when you get to college a he's going to be playing kids that are four years older than him stronger so you have that who have had four more years of technique development that he has to learn to counter so there's there's a lot that really goes into it just in terms of like well he was highly rated he should play it doesn't really work that way Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a uh, offensive lineman recruiting a crapshoot anyway. I mean, you look at what yes. uh, you look at. This is a guy that I compared. Um, who who was, I don't know, I don't remember who the question was. Uh, Javen Williams, the the offensive lineman from Wyoming. Missing. Someone asked me about his body type, and I said Anton Harrison, and that brought up a story that Anton Harrison came to camp and worked out at tight end. He came to team camp, worked out at <laughs> tight end, and and Penn State's like what what like, what are you doing? Like, well, we wanted to see you work out and, you know, kind of had him down on the board a little bit because of it. And then, you know, things happened with the life, not the life Christian, the, um, um, what, what, Archbishop what was Carol, who's that? Uh, no. Yeah. But it was the national Christian Academy kids. Aaron Parks was the guy I'm looking oh, for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, then, yeah. then all of a sudden that, that class kind of falls apart in the offensive line. And yeah, then Anton Harrison goes that. and starts, starts as a freshman at tackle at Oklahoma. I mean, it yes. doesn't make sense yeah, sometimes. It, it, so. is, it is. So when you said tight end, you, you said Anton Harrison, not Mega Barnwell. And I did. Yes, I did. Okay. I just want to make sure. <laughs> okay. Just checking. Just checking. <laughs> Okay. All right, Don. I, I think it's time to get you out of here. Uh, you got jokes, I'm sure, <laughs> that uh, they're just kind of running, echoing to no one. But uh, uh, thank you for joining us. It is always appreciated. I don't know if there's any parting shots you want to get in on me. I know you've been kind of light with the insults here, but uh, any, anything well, else to, to share? I'll just say, listen, I know Penn State has a big game, the stripe game, I guess, against Michigan. So just enjoy your vacation, Fitz. The helmets. Yeah, thanks. Uh, (laughs) Sorry, I I buried the punchline there. Um, But we thank you for coming off of your vacation and joining us here on a Monday morning. Um, It's always a pleasure to have Doan. Does a phenomenal job for us, and he'll be around all this week, considering it's going to be a big recruiting weekend in Happy Valley. Brian, thanks for joining us. And for our listeners, we will catch you uh, later this week to talk a little bit about Michigan. We'll have some guests on and things like that. Um, but but for Tyler Donahue, for Brian Doan, this is Sean Fitz for the Lions 24-7 Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Okay, picture this. 
It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.